for the inaugural podcast mm. we've come to somewhere that we both love haven't we yes and we're we're up on the dizzying heights of bertha's vip viewing area overlooking the guys themselves prepping for tonight's service have you been here before to this spot i've never actually sat in vip I've sat upstairs, but not VIP. It's a bit like first class on a plane, isn't it? I've never been in first class. I've never eaten up here. However, I'm not going to do that tonight either. Neither am I. We're going to go and sit right by Bertha herself, by the bar, more importantly, I might add, and uh, get stuck in, meet some friends, eat some great pizza and have a good chat. Let's go. Get stuck. Get stuck. Get stuck. Hello. 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 This is our podcast. This is Get Stuffed. Get stuffed on all the good things that are happening in the Bristol food and drink scene. You're Natalie Brereton. I'm someone that likes to eat and drink a lot. I'm the online editor for Foozy, a food and boozy website. Foodie and boozy equals Foozy. <laughs> what about you? Who the hell are you? Who the hell am I? My name is Martin. Mm-hmm. I've worked in radio for a few years, but I have made some editions of the food programme, which is where I met you, yep. because I wanted someone to tell me about healthy eating, and you were putting up pictures of dirty, greasy burgers and mm-hmm. pizzas and donuts and cakes and everything. And so I thought this is a person who I want to go and make some radio with. Yes. So we here bond- we are. We bonded over our love of the Ox burgers that you'd never tried, sacrilege. Um, and we just got chatting, didn't we, about how there isn't a podcast yet for food and drink in Bristol and we love to eat. So why not give it a go? You know, there might be things people agree with or disagree with but we're here to just shine a light on the things that we think are great in Bristol and you made me eat a burger as big as my head and you loved it and I loved it and chicken wings oh those chicken wings (laughs) I've missed the ox I need to get back there before we start we want to involve you in every way you the listener if you have any ideas send them to us get in touch tell us everything you want to tell us about Bristol and you can get in touch by tweeting us the Twitter handle is at Get Stuffed Briss. We want people to come on and tell us where your favourite places are to eat or what's new or anything you've been to that you think is amazing or anything we've missed or we've got wrong. Please tweet us at Get Stuffed Briss and uh, we'll get you involved. Get Stuffed! So we're with Graham at Bertha's Pizza in Wapping Wharf. We're currently stood in front of Bertha the pizza oven of dreams and that's the name of it is it bertha is the name of the oven so yeah bertha's the name of the oven and also the name of the restaurant so the name is actually the name of our very first pizza oven which is in our back garden which is where we taught ourselves to make pizza and then we had mobile bertha which is in the back of our land rover which incidentally is still our our only car and mode of transport and then this is this is big bertha and this is a three and a half ton handmade Neapolitan oven which we had shipped over and squeezed through this door with about an inch clearance either side. She's a beaut, isn't she? There's quite some heat coming off there isn't there? 
definitely. Well, actually, a good way to tell if it's if it's hot enough is if you can't get your hand past the threshold, you, you get into the kind of temperature to cook the pizza on. Tell us your story. How long have you been doing this and why, why did you do it? And what were you doing before? For us, it, it literally started in our back garden. So we started making pizza back in 2010, I think it was, when we bought that first pizza oven. We were looking at building one. We had a tiny little place in London with no rear access to the garden. And I was wondering how I was going to get all the building materials through the house, all the sand to build it all. And then I went to a food show and I saw this beautiful Sheffield steel brick lined oven made by the Garden Oven Company. And that was the original Bertha that we bought. We bought it that day, took it home. And I was always a keen home baker, always interested in baking, particularly sourdough. And then it wasn't too long before we started throwing some dough in, calling it pizza. It was awful. Let's make no mistake. It was burnt to a crisp, but our friends were kind of very generous and they, they stuck with us. I mean, a lot of people do for free pizza. And we just went from there. That was in London, you say? That was back in London. So what happened to basically make you come to Bristol? How come Bertha's is here? of all the places it could be. So we actually don't have any links to Bristol. We, we knew if we were going to go, we were going to set out along this path, we could pretty much do it anywhere. So we actually sat down there at our kitchen table and started writing a list of all the places where we talked about living over the years. And we did some tours around the country. So we did some tours around Cornwall, around the north of Scotland, around the Lake District, all the places which we really loved and used to go in our free time. And Bristol there was this, just this one place that just kept coming back, kept nagging at us. There's this great mix of having these amazing producers on the doorstep, having the kind of activities we like to do in our free time. There's great cycling, great climbing, all those kind of things. And we knew, should we launch a restaurant, we weren't going to have that much free time. So those activities had to be right on the doorstep. And then when we started researching the suppliers more, they were all over in the southwest anyway. So... It just kept coming back to us, kept haunting us, and then we we did some weekend trips to Bristol and thought, why not, let's let's just go for it. Um, my wife took a sabbatical, I'd quit my job, and yeah, we were just making pizzas in Mobile Bertha. What were you doing? I'm led to believe that you're an engineer of some sort. My background is, is in engineering. That's what I did for a while, then I was in the city in finance. When you moved down here, first of all, what did you do? How did you get started and how did you get and we, your first break? And we didn't know anyone. So we just literally did every market, every food festival, and pretty soon you, you realize which ones are worth doing and which aren't. And just through that, we got to meet people in the Bristol Food Network and everyone was incredibly welcoming and that connections lead to other connections and then that's how we found our way. What do you think of the pizza scene as it stands in Bristol now? It's totally exploded. Mm. Another advantage of Bristol, as we saw at the time, is there was literally no good pizza, mm. which is hilarious if you look at what's here now. <laughs> because now it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely my heaven. Yeah. So when we moved here, there was, there was literally nothing. And we thought, if you set up a decent pizza place here, then it would stand a really good chance of succeeding. We started looking for a premises straight away. And through that long process of finding the right site, literally everyone opened up. And we were kind of getting quite worried that the ship had sailed and it had all passed and pizza was saturated in Bristol. But we kind of stepped, kept plugging away, found what we think is the perfect site. And we're doing all right. We're, we're surviving. Tell me about your love affair with pizza. Tell me why you love it so much. So 
given my background was very much of a kind of self-taught home baker, the kind of appeal of pizza came out because all pizza is is good ingredients on good bread. And we put all that effort into the dough and into making sure that's just how we want it to be. And then we just see it as a platform for the local ingredients. So we just take all this amazing produce, preferably from the local area, and then just allow that to shine. And then that dough is just the platform. So it's, it's super simple. But I guess another thing we love is it's affordable. So you can have world-class pizza that pretty much anyone can afford. And this is something which we saw whenever we went to Naples. It's a proper equaliser, so you'll get rich and poor sat next to each other in these amazing pizzerias, both paying not much for really good pizza. There's a Bible, isn't there? There's the book that I can see on your counter here. It's called Where to Eat Pizza. And at one point, you were the only place in Bristol. Well, you are still the only place in Bristol there. I'm we waiting are, for a new, yeah. a new, a new edition. But how did it make you feel when you get that recognition? We were super proud. We still are super proud because a lot of these places which we've idolised and we visited, and we're lucky enough to become friends with some of these pizzerias across the world. These are the ones we were looking up to, and then to be just included in the same volume is just is enormous mm. for us. We still use that book when we're going to cities to mm. see the places to to go to and yeah it's, it's incredible have we reached peak pizza in bristol yet do you think i kind of hope so to be honest because bristol isn't that big a city mm. population wise and as a restauranter it's it's tough like keeping a business going here and mm. you see a lot of good restaurants struggle and fail and that's something we know friends who've had to close and, and it's, it's, it's brutal shame, yeah, yeah really. I, but I think people, a lot of people, Bristol gets a lot of press and a lot of it's very deserved and I think people think it's bigger than it is Mm. and it punches above its weight in terms of culture and food but I don't think there's that population to quite support the restaurants Mm. to be honest and people aren't earning as much as London so people aren't eating out on a Monday, Tuesday night and restaurants aren't packed so it's it's brutal. Do you find that Natalie though when you go out for work seeing as you're, you know, you're running a food website now. Do you find that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the places are empty? But, you know, if you want to go out the weekend, I can't get a table. Most places love the money. You've got to book if you want to be in these places at the weekend. But I think what I've seen, obviously, I was in an office job, a nine-to-five, before I went on board with Fousey. And you don't actually think these places are open during the day. Like, you know, it's not just the Friday and Saturday nights that, you know, that you can go along and enjoy it. They've got a, you know, it's a business that's, you know, day to day and it's got to be filled. And I think I read in Crumbs magazine that there was 40 new openings. Um, Yeah, I don't think that that was just in maybe the last six months or so. So when you've got that, you know, that many places opening its doors, of course you can understand the struggle of independence, keeping up, you know, independence chains, whatever, keeping up with it all. it's just not enough mouths to go around basically it's genuinely stressful and worrying and we've we've kind of got through that first year milestone and we're doing fine i mean we're never doing this to to get rich and we're not we're not after becoming a, a chain so it's it's fine it's where we need to be but i think if we were going down that route and had multiples you can see how places fold because you have a few lean months which just happen and cash flows catch up with you and then You've got lots of fixed costs and you see lots of great places going under. So, yeah, it's massively stressful um, and we've seen a lot of 
one net we've got a lot of friends whose places have closed for whatever reason so it's yeah we we really kind of feel that and know how tough it is anyway enough grim talk <laughs> i'm hungry <laughs> we're hungry. We, we, will, we want to do something creative now so yeah let's make some pizza get stuck we have here an assembled gang of friends running family, around yeah friends and family are here and little people you're going to tell them to shut up, or shall I? Go on. You can, you can. No, I always have to do that. They're mostly your friends. I don't want to offend That's anybody. So Hello. Has anybody been to Bertha's before? No. No. Yes. So quite a lot of notes. Jack's been before. Tell us why you like it here. I love it here because the pizza is the best in Bristol, I think. I'm not just saying that because the chef's right there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and who's a no? Ollie. Hi. Why, why haven't I been before? I don't know, I guess I've been past a whole bunch of times while this area that we're in now has been changing and I've meant to go in and I mean this is as good as excuse as I'll ever have. Where do you like in Bristol? Oh I, I go to El Rincon a lot, they do tapas plates, it's just at the end of North Street. I do go there quite frequently, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's cozy, good. it's like a yeah. neighborhood place and it's just, you can get a nice snack and a beer, it's, it's pretty relaxed. Ellie down here. I'm a big pizza fan and I've been here many times. Um, and I'm quite an expert on the different pizzas, so I can make any recommendations for people if they wish. How does it rate in terms of pizza in Bristol? My current favourite. Current favourite. I think the best thing to do is order some pizzas. Yeah, let's eat some pizzas. Uh, Graham, can we have a little chat with you now about pizzas? This is Graham. It's good. The menu in general, we, we always keep it quite short, and it's deliberately that way to try and lead you to some of the more adventurous interesting options there are a few pizzas which will always be in our menu and we have some members of staff who said they'll leave if we take them off the menu uh, one of those is the meat and heat so that's an amazing ox heart and pork belly pepperoni it gets from some guys in london it's finished with a house um, chili honey that we make uh, we always have margarita always have marinara always have a really strong veggie vegan lineup keep it very seasonal try and use produce as local as possible there's a new special every week at the minute we've got two festive specials on, our festive feast, well, which features a pork, sage and onion stuffing and a house cranberry sauce. And we've also got our mince pie on, which has got a traditional um, mince meat on it. So it's got beef mince and suet in it, but it's, you'd never know. It's just this kind of savory, delicious, sweet combination. So that's got bacon and blue cheese on it as well. So I'd recommend you share some of those. We've been talking about this before, haven't we? A bit the, the fact that a lot of places do seasonal specials. Mm -hmm. Was that a difficult decision to make? Because if I go somewhere and they've got like, oh, we've got the cranberry burger on, I kind of go, oh, do you have to? And what made you want to do that? It's a fine line. We've, we've been quite popular with Christmas parties and there is a genuine demand. And we try and walk that line of, some of them are a bit cheesy, but we kind of know they are. And it's something we kind of play People up to. Like it has to be delicious we if if it's not something we want to eat it we don't put it on the menu full stop we had one on last week our special was an ooey burger so that was just straight out there ridiculous I need, I need to come and have that that needs to come back what do you think about seasonal i think if it tastes good and if it works and you're not just doing it everyone loves a bit of novelty don't they something a bit different get stuck You'll, see, you'll feel how delicate it is and how, how quickly it will extend. Just while Graham's making the pizzas, <laughs> he's handed you a plate. And what is on your plate? 
This is the dough. This is the sourdough that I'm touching, and it's really soft. How do you not rip that? It, I just we, we do. That's, that's that's the issue. I mean, that that dough is is fermented for four days, which is longer than anyone with any sense would ferment it for because it's it, it's so delicate. It's so easy to tear. But that that's also what makes it so delicious and so easy to digest because the proteins have broken down and degraded so far. It's so weak. That's what makes it light and fluffy and also what means that you can eat several and not feel bloated the next day. But that dough is really soft. So Graham, can you just explain to us what you're doing right now? How this pizza malarkey goes down? You start by opening out the pizza. Essentially what you're doing there is taking it from a ball and flattening it out. The key to it is to maintain all the air in the crust and what you're actually doing as you, as you extend it is pushing the air out into the crust so it inflates it more, which is why the cardinal sin with this style of pizza is to use a rolling pin because that'll just knock all the air straight out of it. And now these pizzas are in the oven so it's taken four plus days to get to this point for the dough. It's topped in about a minute and then they'll be in the oven for 60 seconds because it's where they are now, that's 480, 500 centigrade. Uh, and you can see it can like literally rising. Rise. Yeah, that's amazing. So there's no time lapse. You can, you can just see them rise. Wow. And then in the top of the oven, it's 600 centigrade, so over 1,000 Fahrenheit. So yeah, 60 seconds and they're, and they're done. Comes up in front of your eyes, excuse the, the way that sounds. <laughs> I can't believe how quick that is. Yeah, it's crazy. So the dough's reached here. Come and speak to Emma. Emma, how does the dough feel? Squidgy. <laughs> feels squidgy, does it? Is it soft? Yeah. Do you know what happens to that dough? Yeah. Pizza. Do you like pizzas? Yeah. <laughs> it's going, it's, Emma, the dough <laughs> is going to go inside Bertha, and then when it comes out, it'll be a pizza. What do you like on your pizza, Emma? Uh, milk. 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 Oh. <laughs> so you're on the show every month. That's great. <laughs> they look delicious, don't they? Like, my mouth is watering looking at those pizzas. Graham, where do you get your cheese from? Is it a specific local producer that makes the, makes it here the mozzarella is called fiordalatte it's a flour of milk which is cow's milk mozzarella um, we've actually just switched to an italian producer that's based um kind of in the foothill of naples like proper old school very traditional where we can we use local cheeses so our blue cheese is local our platter cheese is local we use lots of specialty cheeses on the pizza but just for the particular mozzarella, for the particular style of melt, the UK producers haven't quite got there yet. But yeah, where we can, we use local our tomatoes from the Isle of Wight. Everything else in front of me is local, apart from basil, which good luck getting that anywhere local this time of year. People go mad for San Marzano tomatoes. Is that what they grow on the Isle of Wight, or is that specific to a region? I don't, I don't know enough. I'm a little bit of so, thinking about this. San Marzano is a variety of tomato. And that's what's traditional, um, traditionally used in Naples, 
they always say it's grown on the foothills of Vesuvius. Most of it is canned on the foothills of Vesuvius. So we tried loads of brands. And to be honest, this Isla White one's better. It's organic. It's fully, fully grown on the Isla White. They say they get the most sunshine in the UK. When we went to visit, it rained constantly. <laughs> um, but we think it's... It's delicious. It's three times the price of the San Marzano's, but we think it's worth it. Where's your favourite place to eat pizza in Bristol outside of Bertha's? <laughs> Can I ask it? Yeah. Um, there's somewhere I really want to try that I haven't tried yet called Mission Pizza. It's I've like seen, veggie vegan. Yeah. The oh, guy. You've got the t-shirt? Yes. Yeah, I tried them at the I pizza festival. Oh, yes, so did I. Yeah. They, were, good. they were awesome. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. I've, got, I've spoken to them on social media. I really like what they're doing. The guy's clearly a really skilled baker. And like anyone who can do good bread, I've got, I, I trust I that they'll be able to do good pizza. I think they've moved down. That upsets me. They do, they do a lot of uh, left-handed giant tap yeah. room ones, so I want to make yes, it to one of those. Do. So that's the one I really want to try. Yeah. And just based on their pictures, I think they look the best. I'm having a margarita. I'm having a mushroom one. And it's vegan. Only she's having it with cheese, so it's a vegetarian. And they were very obliging. Woods with mozzarella. Oh, thank you. Mmm, that looks good. So the entrepreneurs are really strong and really salty, and it's capers, double salt, so I think with cheese as well. I never understand uh, anchovy hatred. Yeah, this is lovely. Well, mushrooms. I like the woods. <laughs> but it's just so good. Garlicky. Mushroomy. So, brie, onion and cranberry. Boom. I'm getting very hungry. Thank oh yes! Thank you so much, Graham. You're welcome. Oh, I'm so happy. You have got one classic margarita with Isla White tomatoes, Fiorda latte, mozzarella, and one meat and heat, which is the same Isla White tomatoes, mozzarella, ox heart and pork belly, pepperoni, and a house chili infused honey. In my face. In my belly. <laughs> Go. This looks absolutely amazing. Thanks, Graham. So far, lots of happy people. Good. Bertha's is a happy place. Mmm. Happy face. Let's just try not to burp. That was good. Oh. Graham, that was so good. Oh. Excellent. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm going to reaffirms my love for a margarita. Tell us about your pizza. Tell us about my pizza. It was wet in the best in the best way just like they are in Naples apparently and it was delicious I've got to say the tomato sauce is something else and I don't feel overly full I could probably eat another one if Graham would make me another one oh I feel absolutely stuffed do you? <laughs> <laughs> that was our first little episode of Get Stuffed it was fun wasn't it? did you have fun? I did have fun I hope people have fun it's meant to be fun everyone has got happy faces it was really interesting speaking to Graham. So that's the, that's the start. Could it be something bigger? I don't know. I hope so. I hope everyone's enjoyed it and please get involved with us. Tell us if you did enjoy it, if you didn't. If it's too offensive, we're not going to listen and just ignore you. But if you'd love to come on, if you'd love to talk about something, if there's an issue that's going on in the Bristol food scene or you just love something and you want to shout about it, let us know and uh, we'll get you involved. It's about 
having fun, eating food and telling people what's out there, isn't it? Definitely. We're just trying to share some of the Bristol love. We will be back, so tweet us. So what's the, uh, what's the Twitter address? The Twitter address is at GetStuffedBris. Thanks, Graham. Thank you, Graham. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Martin. Thank you, Natalie. It's been no a pleasure. Worries. We'll see you again soon. See you soon. Get stuffed. Get stuffed. Get stuffed.